Merry Christmas from Wham. We are back with our holiday uh, movie experience. And today we're on our second episode. Um, and we're not doing the holdovers because someone was a little baby poopy pants. We watched another great Christmas movie, Lethal Weapon. It was $20 on Amazon to rent it. I'm not going to pay 20 bucks to rent a movie and watch it at home. That's, 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 like, that's ridiculous. That's piracy. We watched Lethal Weapon. Uh, it is a Christmas movie. It takes place during Christmas. It's the Die Hard Claws. Um, and it was it was a pretty fun movie. I had a lot of fun watching it. How about you? It was definitely a movie. I thought it was just really goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept forgetting it was just a straight up action movie. So I, the plot was second a lot of the time, I feel like. I will... I don't know if I'll agree with that. I thought the story... Well, no. Not that the plot was bad, but it's yeah. an action movie. I'll, I'll agree that the plot was station, section secondary, just because when you get into that action, it feels as if the plot doesn't matter. The plot is always um, second, especially since most of the time, we're just like looking at the awe of this movie, and then like context happens, and we're like, oh yeah, is that where we're going with this? Yeah. Um, I mean, in the, in the opening, we get the scene where our, our main mullet man is so sad Riggs, um who's one of our two main characters and he's just this like mullet having you know drinking smoking badass um <laughs> walking around with a hot dog dressed like casually where everyone else is in suits you know renegade cop but doing it off the books kind of guy whatever um and then our other characters this really prim not really prim and proper but just an older cop who's you know been around for a while he knows how to do it he does everything how it should be blah 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 um so it's a good buddy cop dynamic that we're going into this movie with and i think their dynamic wasn't forced which is really important Mm -hmm. well i think i feel like there's a difference in dynamic because when we're treated to danny glover's traditional cop ways it's like it doesn't stand out that's as much as mel gibson's insanity because like we're supposed to be oh he's by the books but it doesn't really play that much more than anything he's played off as a family man who's maybe just a bit older but um as sane mel, really mel gibson the look in his eyes at all times man he was insane mel gibson in this movie was unhinged he's, he's chasing like, the they, dragon they're constantly like Oh, like he's I'm psycho and he he wants to kill himself because his wife died a while ago. We don't know why she's just dead. Um, And so we get these constant bits where he's like being a normal good cop and then he'll just flip a switch. And it's like, okay, be crazy for this scene. And he'll just like (laughs) he won't blink. He'll stare into the camera like he'll like twitch his eyes. It dude turns into a goblin. It's so off putting. It's really weird. Oh, but it's fun. I'm going to. It's fun, I'll, but God, this guy's an animal. <laughs> I think what, my favorite scene of how they like try to portray this is for some random reason, they like are like, hey, let's stop our investigation because there's like a suicide that's happening. They have Mel Gibson come up the building to try to like tell this man not to kill himself. And the whole time he's going, I don't. I don't care. I don't care if you kill yourself, but my boss is watching me right now. Can we just talk before you jump so it looks like I did something? Can you at least make it look cool? Come on. You're really cramping my day. And then he gets closer. He gets closer. He handcuffs himself to him 
And then he goes, you know what? We'll do it together. They both jump. And then me and Nick look over each other like, what the fuck is happening? And only then do we realize that like they had put down a, uh, some sort of, uh, some sort of cushion at the bottom of it, the fire department. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just seemed as if he really was just like, you just like, all right, this is it. Let's go. I'm really like, pissed at you. Oh. So we're both going to die. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck you asshole. <laughs> but, um, and so like this movie, there was a lot of just like, you, you know, I, I said before they had a really unforced dynamic. I wouldn't say they had a certain dynamic versus just the two had a contrast. Like mm-hmm. they never really, I'd say, played off each other. Ooh, versus, I would disagree. Well, I I don't know. I can't think of like anything where I'm like, oh, these guys are you got a couple of cards. Like these guys are good. Um, <laughs> it was just more like this is a humorous pair, but they didn't mm-hmm. feel like um like buddy cops kind of thing. They didn't feel like buddies by the end of the movie. Like that part, I think, felt a little bit forced with mm-hmm. the family. Okay, I would. I think where you really see them working well as a duo and where you see um, sort of that mindset is when you go into ideology around how they do police work. Mostly it comes down to kill or no kill. We see throughout there's this dynamic of uh, Danny Glover saying, okay, we're going to do this um, and no one's going to die. There are ways in which we can do this and just people will um, just be unhurt. It'll be fine. But as stakes get higher and higher, Mel Gibson's plan of, hey, kill everyone on site becomes more and more prominent um, up until um, one scene at the end. And I think that really plays well into seeing how they interact with each other because that's the main thing that they play off of, um, just the idea of how are we going to interact with this? Are we going to go and we're going to be maximum safety and like top efficiency or are we going to go in and are we going to be crazy because that's how we have to do it? Yeah, I think... um. Well, how did you feel about the overall plot? I mean, it was uh, a... You can recap it. You'd get it better than me. Okay, so our overall plot follows um, a young young lady is is dead. She uh, jumped off a building and um, she jumked off a building and she died. Topless. Topless. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Nick made sure that... (laughs) I wanted to make sure to mention everybody the, the immediate start of the movie, they're boobies, they're t- uh, ladies, they're girls. Uh, t- so we know. Anyway, continue. And then we have an investigation that goes into that mostly because the father of this woman, Michael, is friends with Danny Glover. Um, when we're going through this, we're going through a lot of twists and turns. The first suspect they go to um, dies because. Uh, the house just fucking explodes. No, no, no. Well, the, that that, that wasn't their first suspect. That was their uh, that was their first witness. The suspect, oh. the suspect dies because um, Mel Gibson couldn't keep his cool, and that he dies in the coolest way possible by not only drowning but suffocating inside of a um, like a pool, a cover. pool cover. It looked incredible. The this shot was amazing. Oh, I love the visuals in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. They think, okay, that's case closed, but they look further and they're starting to think, okay, well, let's go back to that first witness just to see if anything's up with that because uh, it could be that um, she uh, poisoned that girl because we found out that there was poison in her system. They go back and they try to find the girl that was the first witness that told her that she jumped. And uh, the second they go to that house, it blows up and me and Nick 
do you how did you react to that scene like there was a plane in the background and they were just it was the most casual there was no kind of like key that anything was gonna happen it would just look like an establishing shot um like i was looking at a plane in the background i'm like man that plane's really low and then it just fucking <gasps> like it, it, dude it was gone it was so awesome and this entire movie i mean i'm assuming it was practical i don't think they could have done it digital that was no, um, that was real like it, it was awesome there were so many scenes in this movie where just the fact that it was you know a real person a real car a real building exploding kind of added that much more to it because mm-hmm. you know those huge cgi explosions that we see in like transformers are amazing they're breathtaking they're awesome but when we can make something that's equally as like awe-inspiring that's also like kind of realistic i think that's even more impressive i think seeing stuff like that for real is great especially since like this movie felt a little bit more raw it isn't as overproduced as say films nowadays i think we're losing something when we overproduce just because it when it feels like it was more just something captured on camera it feels so more impactful i don't Mm -hmm. know there's something about it. It's sort of like if you see some really cool thing on like a very low budget film, you're more inclined to think it's awesome because you're not expecting everything to be perfect. So when it's really good, it hits. Yeah, I mean, you're expecting like you're expecting a blockbuster from the MCU, but you're not expecting it from like this nobody studio. And mm-hmm. so when you see something that's a little more raw and just not as fine like that, but it's still like equally or even more um like artistic or just beautiful in its own way that's really really impressive but Mm -hmm. this movie was as we talked about it just the visual quality for me um was just pretty impressive because i like i said i mean it was 19 here let me pull 1997 no 1987 1987 um and i was just really impressed with how it looked like i'm Mm -hmm. sure it was um it it was like whatever uh doctored up a little bit by the streaming service somehow but still like i could see the sweat on his face kind of stuff i could see the pores on his skin and that was really mm-hmm. impressive for me to like at the time i didn't think we had cameras that were that good in just like normal movies well i mean when when shooting on film you would pretty easily be able to get a lot of those um well at depth yeah, a lot of depth. The big thing that sort of made us think we couldn't get that was the transfer to digital because early transfers to digital really only did 720. Mm-hmm. That looked really bad. We got 4K now, so we've perfected digital, and we're going to only get higher from there. But uh, when we looked back at older movies, at some point we were thinking that meant 720 because that was the transfer from film. But no, film can be shot very nice. We're getting sh- four. Wait, sorry. sorry. Was it 480? Um, 480, was that the first digital transfer? Because 720 is the DVD. You might be right. It might have been 480 at the very start. Uh, either way. But... Um, we're now seeing, because we're able to get 4K, we're getting the original uh, uh, film reels of classic movies, and we're recording them with 4K so we can get a remaster. And we're finally realizing at least in our era, how beautiful film was and I miss it. So, well, I can't miss it. I was never there, but there's looking at film always like blows my mind away, especially with those colors, man. I love the color in this movie. I think, I mean, I didn't, 
I didn't take notice to the coloring at all, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I, I mean, I enjoyed some time with the lighting. Like we said, when they were on the street, there was a green kind of backlight to all the characters Yeah. Um, that we both really enjoyed. I think it was just like a street light or something. Yeah, um, something. But there were a lot of shots in this movie that we were both just really impressed by to be in this, you know, 1980s action movie. Um, because it is just a buddy cop shooting people explosions movie at its heart. Um, yes. But like, you know, the pool scene and then just some establishing shots or like big sweeping shots. Or there's one where the villain of the movie, like the big bad, comes to show up and it's just these two cars and a helicopter in the middle of this desert. And you just see them. It's probably like a good two minute shot of like them just rolling up and getting out of the car and everything and just showing up. And it's not this huge high stakes, you know, CGI thing, like I was saying before, but it's still really impressive and menacing just because of like how long we hold on to it and how much power they're showing just through how they're holding the camera. Yeah, I that shot is incredibly beautiful because it has the heat lines going over the characters. We have the silhouette of Danny Brown and oh my gosh, really is. I think one of the, like maybe it's pretty. It's very pretty. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Going back to sort of like the timeline here, we have, um, (laughs) we have that house blow up. Mm Mm-hmm. Great, great scene. And then immediately they're like, hmm, maybe there's something off. So they go to uh, Michael, the father, and they're thinking, okay, so you're like a senator. It's probably not out of the picture that someone killed your daughter because they were pissed at you. And then he goes, well, do you want to know about this uh, heroin trafficking ring I have? That might have played into it. Yeah, he just really (laughs) opens up pretty easy. Like it was right away. Yeah, Danny Glover has like a tiny bit of like not really a lot of pushing. And then he immediately is like, I shouldn't be telling you this. But yeah, me and some other special forces guy from the Vietnam War, we started like a business in Asia of selling heroin. And now we're sending it to the United States. And then Danny Glover is like, "Okay, can you testify to that? And then boom. Yep. Shot down by a helicopter like 50 feet away. Yep. (laughs) And uh, oh, the bullet goes through the milk he was holding, and the milk starts pouring out. And it's, mm, and then it's the helicopter good. just does such a tr- cool trick shot, and it's so low to the ground. God, the helicopter was just showing off the stuntmen in like every shot. They were just like feet from the ground. Oh, I love that helicopter. Such a good helicopter. Insane helicopter. <laughs> helicopter might be best actor. Um, <laughs> Best actor goes to the helicopter from the helicopter. Yeah, it flies in. (laughs) Um, But so when this movie released, it made 120.2 million, uh, I mean, worldwide. And then it was nominated for an Academy Award. Um, Just best effects? um, Best audio mixing, actually. I can see that. I I mean, we took note of um, the soundtrack of actual audio mixing, though. I um, I don't know. Nothing felt out of place. I mean, there was only one scene where I felt like something was dubbed over slightly. Like it was like four words oh, yeah. where it seems like it didn't line up perfectly. But besides that, like there really wasn't anything in this movie that felt um like it wasn't lined up. You know what? I'm going to stop right there. 
there's a scene where a man dies and you hear this goofy ass <laughs> cartoon like whistle like womp, and it dude it's it, it was so fucking stupid you're allowed to um, add in looney tunes audio when he has a looney tunes death not in he, the fucking action movie he fell um, down and he attached his leg to a chain so he just started hanging upside down as he was falling he goes whoa it was what? oh the deaths in this are like the best especially in that scene we have mel gibson well mel gibson going full brazilian jujitsu on them and he's snapping people's necks he's doing the harley quinn move where he like is hanging up by like a rope after being tortured and he snaps someone's neck with his legs Mm -hmm. he's just killing people with his fists oh it's so incredible it sucks that he's like really anti-semitic yeah it's really not the jam but um like they wanted to make it a statement that in this movie that he did Brazilian jujitsu. <laughs> like they had a specific Brazilian jujitsu instructor, the director and um, like co-director were like, we want to bring a part of martial arts that's never been shown on film. And so this was a big deal for them. They, they really wanted this in there. <laughs> I think they did really good by having it in there. It was so fun. I don't I don't remember any jujitsu type moves that I saw. I just saw him like kicking ass. Well that's what it means. Oh you know, he did do a crane kick though. <laughs> he did the crane kick at the end. So I remember the crane kick. God, so that scene do. that scene at the end is incredible. It makes absolutely no it's sense. So but wow, is it just the most kick ass thing ever. Do you wanna explain it? So um I mean, we're jumping over a lot, but it's all right. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the ending of this movie, we're fighting with um, not Big Boss, but like Big Boss's henchman, Gary Busey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're fighting with Gary Busey. There's this uh, fire hydrant that exploded. So it's like raining on them, quote unquote. And so these two just start fist fighting. Like cops are here. They get Gary Busey. They're about to arrest him. They let him take off his jacket, and then our main fucking character, Mullet Mike, is over here, and he's like, all right, what, you want a shot at the title? And then Gary <laughs> Busey fucking, like, whatever, drops his jacket off, and then they go, they just start beating each other, and they just start having a fucking raw-ass fist fight in the middle of this dude's lawn, um, while there's probably, like, 20 other cops all surrounding them, you know, sirens, like, flickering around, all whatever shit, and they're just watching. They're like, I mean, I... Someone should really do something. They should really step in and help him. Someone. And they're just watching it happen. They want to see what it's so funny. It's actually perfect. Eventually it turns into a sword fight where Gary Busey has a metal pole and Mel Gibson has a police baton. It's, I mean, it's just incredible. The shots there are so beautiful, especially with that lighting and all the, all the water that's going on to them. And, Oh, such great choreography and they're just really beating the shit out of each other that's a real movie man oh my god i think I just, that this um like this script in this movie like they just started writing it as a normal like buddy cop action movie whatever and then they got to the end of it and they like started to develop like a bigger fuller story with like character arcs and then they're like ah with like movie ships tomorrow i'm like shit and so they had to get like half of it in there at the end where like all the good shots and all the quality like and this movie could they wanted to be so much more. Oh, I don't even know, man. I feel like that's just a perfect ending to have because like, I don't know. This is not a hobo with a shotgun scenario. I don't know if they wanted it to be like raw and like funny. 
Oh, I don't know. I think they just, just wanted it to be testosterone filled. I think it is testosterone film filled. And I think they wanted that, honestly, just because more than anything, this feels as if it is sort of a payoff to like, I guess just all of the rage that we see in this movie. It's taking, okay, this movie is just filled with some of the coolest fight scenes and some of the coolest visuals. We're going to end this off on the highest note we can. And it's not about all the stunts and it's not about, um, all the effects like everything else it's just you and me we're fighting it out and whoever kicks the shit out of each other first gets to kill him whoever wins owns the dojo <laughs> karate kid rules man if i challenge you in your dojo you have to let me take the class <laughs> you have to bro karate kid rules i did that god don't remind me of that um, time to deliver a pizza bowl <laughs> um God, this movie, man. It the music. I it was so we had a mix of like trumpets and almost orchestral, but not like you know that uh, flowy, and then uh, jazzy, more uh, saxophone mm-hmm. kind of trombone shit. Um, and I didn't love it all the mm-hmm. way through the movie, but there was a lot of stingers that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I think the change really encapsulates. Um, what the high and low part parts are for this movie. Cause when it's calmer, it'll just go to sort of like some jazz, like, like just some, some, uh, some saxophone swings and it's plays sort of like, okay, yeah, it's the eighties and it's like the city. And we understand that. Um, and then it'll go into more, uh, orche- orchestral trumpets when it gets to higher stakes and you can feel it. There are some points I will agree with Nick where it's like, um, it didn't really fill what it should have it's maybe a little bit too noticeable uh that's audio mixing's fault by the way fuck you um but um how'd they win the how'd they win an oscar or they were nominated they were nominated they lost to the last emperor that makes sense um but no i think i think that change was really smart and i really like the contrast it has between each other um yeah that's about it nothing incredibly great this is a richard donner film this is not his best soundtrack he's had in one of his films that still goes to john williams work with uh the original superman movie uh i'm a little biased because i just you really like i i was the point one percent of john williams on spotify <laughs> i was there it was all indiana jones <laughs> yeah probably um i think this I, don't I lost my train of thought. I don't. <laughs> uh, um, do you? How did okay. we? Sorry, how did sorry. you feel about um about the other cop character that wasn't Mullet Mike? I don't remember his name. Uh, Danny Glover's character. Yeah. How How do you feel about him overall? The kind of fatherly guy. I really like his arc. Uh, that he goes on, especially when it comes to his relationship with his daughter. And I think he is a lot of fun to have around. He delivers the best line in this movie where right after that fight, um, Mel Gibson's like ready to kill. And he's like, it's not worth it. And he immediately, Danny Glover's like, fine, you don't have to kill him. And then he yells at the other other cops, points to Gary Busey and says, get this shit off my lawn. It's so good. He does have some really good, like just dry comedic moments. Yeah. I think 
I think him really, I think he really plays off of Mel Gibson, but I think even as himself, he's a really great character. He has a great relationship with his family. And I think he's really just a very good comedic powerhouse. Yeah. Try to have an original thought. Okay, Nick. No. <laughs> um, okay. How much do you know about lethal weapon besides uh, just like, you know, we watched this movie. There's three. There's four. Fuck. <laughs> There's four of these, and I don't think they get better over time. There's also a version made by the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with a little bit of blackface. Oh, well, good. <laughs> That's concerning. It's 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 just a bit where they're they're trying Was to. Was it re- Danny DeVito? No, it was um oh, Charlie Day. No, it oh. was Rob McElroy, the one that Ryan Reynolds is really close with. I don't care about him. the The joke is <laughs> that they keep switching who's playing Danny Glover and who's playing um <laughs> who's playing Mel Gibson because they just can't decide. They both want to be Mel Gibson, but when Mac does <laughs> Danny Glover, he's in blackface. <laughs> it's it's messed up it's horrible that's why i think that's them understand. Silly. yeah it's bad don't do yeah. it let me let me rephrase every single thing that somebody does and it's always sunny in philadelphia is what you shouldn't do you should never live in philadelphia <laughs> that's what yeah that's thinking? what i meant <laughs> Come on, we love, we support all Wham listeners, even the ones in the UK, but do not move do to not. Philly. I like the Philadelphia Flyers, though. They have cheesesteaks, that's it. Um, yeah. I like when they win a football game, they burn down the city. It's like you can't be too successful. So what else do you have to say about this movie? I think... <laughs> I think that about sums up my feelings on this movie. It's kick-ass. It's really cool. And um, I'm just and it was really, a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. I'm really glad we watched this. I like the holdovers a lot. I think these are about <laughs> tied and about how much I enjoyed them. Wow. That, that, that actually says a lot because you've been bitching about the holdovers for months. The holdovers is a great movie. We're going to watch I'm it sure come it Oscar season because it'll One probably day, get watch a few it. nominations. I'm sure. Uh, Paul Giamatti's good, so he deserves yeah. it if he does. But so yes, do you have any like any, any final thoughts about the movie? Really your favorite bit or your favorite character or anything? <sighs> favorite bit, favorite character. Um, Shout out to the mullet. The mullet goes hard. Mullet does go hard. I'm really tempted about that. But yeah, no, I know. The whole movie, you were saying, man, I should so really good. get the haircut. It's. I want to know how much of the budget went to the hairspray. Um, <laughs> That's why they had to... That movie caused the ozone layer. <laughs> um, if, if anything, I think my favorite character was Gary Busey. Because I haven't really mm-hmm. seen him in a ton of... Um, like a ton of stuff. Um. And he was just, he really carried this movie for me. Like every time he showed up, I was completely pulled in by his character. Um, He's not the big bad guy, but he's kind of the big bad's like strong henchman. And then he turns into the main villain by the end. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and just he doesn't really have a big a transformation or anything but i just enjoy in the like simple bad guyness of his character yeah that's real can you can you put the the audio clip of buttered sausage here real quick sure let's talk about buttered sausage talk about buttered sausage where it comes from what it does why is it doing what it's doing get it out of my face what about buttered buttered sausage that's not your jam it's not your thing you don't like it it's not my jam i don't buy jam buy honey and i kiss it on the lips all right that was good yeah i liked it yeah it was nice all right well what are you gonna rate it the the movie not buttered sausage i'd i'd completely but buttered sausage is a five out of five um that's fair but um this movie i'd probably put at four and a half just because Man, this movie hates gay people. <laughs> it really does. They mention it a lot. <laughs> there's like there's just one line where uh Danny Glover goes, We're assuming that like there this evidence shows that she was sleeping with a man, but what if she was sleeping with a woman? And Mel Gibson goes, Man, that would be really morally reprehensible. Like <laughs> Yeah. And the, the, there's another where when that house blows up and Mel Gibson's on fire, like his jacket is burning, and his partner goes to like put it out, and then he's just like, What are you gay? <laughs> it's, it's not it, the exact words yeah it, it's more it's, colorful language it's emphasized uh, um but yeah i'm a i'm gonna have to pretty much agree i'm gonna give this movie a four uh i really enjoyed it i think the plot was okay yeah um it wasn't anything amazing but it didn't need to be i think his character was a mel gibson was a little too unhinged it was kind of ridiculous to a point mm. um where I do understand it, they wanted to show how fucking insane he is, but it, at one point it was just kind of goofy and it took me out of it a little bit. But overall, I still had a lot of fun with this movie and I really enjoyed it. So it's going to be a four. So that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Okay. We will be back to talk about movie news. But before then, we're going to have a little ad break. Here at Wham, we use this podcast as an artful avenue to blissfully and peacefully vent our fiery, unbridled rage buried deep, deep down. And now, you can too. It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection's unstable. If you've thought about podcasting before and realized that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com pricing and use our code WAMWAM and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experience we do for all of our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. God, that was fun. Anyway, Nolan News. Um, okay, so this is probably going to be the weirdest news we might ever have. Oh? A24 film, they're trying to bring a actor that's um, not looked at professionally and bring him into being a dramatic actor. We've seen this before with Adam Sandler. We've seen this before with Brendan Fraser. Who do you think it's going to be next? You know... I, I I've been talking to some people that are just, you know, in the pipeline, been kind of, you know, put my feelers out there 
and I'm really gunning for Michael Sierra. Dwayne Johnson. What the fuck? <laughs> it's made. It's by Benny Safdie, who also did uh, Uncut Gems. Mm, is it the is it uh the boxer thing? Yes. Mm. It'll be following an MMM fighter uh, during his peak era in UFC as he battles with addiction. I think. But he he does he battles with winning and addiction. All right, he doesn't lose. He battles with winning. That's what the description the of the movie says. How do you battle with winning? I don't know, but that's what it says in the description. <laughs> he battles with winning and drug abuse. So are we literally taking? Okay, so we're Dwayne is given a bone here, where it's like, hey, let's see what your acting chops really are, and he still can't drop the fact that he can't lose in a movie. Nope. His lawyers were like, he battles with winning. He battles with winning. <laughs> that sounded great. Thank you. I, yeah, I can see it's a solid bar on the, on the little sound wave thing here. It's um, it's going to be a weird experience. Dwayne, I don't think has it in him, but I am surprised to see he's even taking a shot. Maybe that say, says that he has confidence in himself, but look how confident he was about Black Adam. I think Dwayne has the ability to act, you know, dramatically like that and to be a seriously, um, to be a serious, taken actor, to be taken seriously. Um, but in order to do that, he is going to need to change his acting style in that he has just brought like the rock character and then just kind of molded that like the rock into whatever you know movie or kind of script it is mm-hmm. and so it always feels like just Dwayne. and so i think he needs a step out of himself a little bit for this role and i'm hoping he does really well because i think if Dwayne can show that he has those chops then we can see a lot of really cool projects with that but if his contract is still the same you know i can't i'm not going to lose shtick He's just he's gonna go under, and we're gonna like he's just gonna be an animated kind of guy or something. Yeah, you can either make yourself like uh, someone who can adapt, or you can stick to like what you've been doing forever. That's really gonna define what you are as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the trailer for Alex Gar Alex Garland's new movie Civil War? I haven't though. No. Okay, so. It has a pretty stacked cast. Uh, we got Kirsten Dunst, and along with that, Jesse Plemons, because they're always in the same movies. Um, they're married. Um, hmm. Basically, it's basically detailing what would happen if America went into a civil war in modern day. Um, it. I saw the trailer. It looks really interesting. I think you would like it. Um, there's a little bit of weird line delivery um, in the trailer, at least. But I think it looks fun. There is one issue, though. Hmm. It's treating the topic of civil war with no politics, it looks like. It's trying to go for like, yeah, we don't really need to talk about why there's a civil war. It's just it's just happening. And like, that's so sad. That's the safest route. Yeah. Yeah, it's boring. And they try to do this by making it to where there's only two states that are um joined in like this this treasonous um different america and it's texas and california but why the hell would they be working together 
That's like enemies, enemies. Uh, why would the states that aren't near each other be buddies? Yeah, they're not connected either. No, not even a little. There's like a few states. <laughs> yeah, there's New Mexico, then Arizona. Mm-hmm. That's, That's odd, but okay. I mean, that sounds kind of neat, but I don't. I think it'll be a nothing burger. The trailer looks fun. Nick Offerman is president in it. That's neat. Yeah. Maybe watch the trailer later and we can oh. we we'll get a Nick update on mm. if this is uh nutter bust. What? Um, what did I just no, say? And no, it's staying in. But um uh one thing I do want to say is that the is gonna be a A twenty four and Death Stranding um I think movie in the works, right? Yeah, but like how's that gonna be different from the video game? It'd be a movie. Yeah, you don't. I'm you don't press my question. You, you don't do press, press a button. You press play. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> Death Stranding. I think can be a movie because I think it should have been a movie. Um, it's it plays itself a lot very cinematically. Um, also, I never really finished the game because of one main issue, which was it wouldn't let me play my music on my PS4 through like Spotify while playing the game because they just didn't want you to have that option. They wanted you to be bored the whole time. Well, they want you to listen to the Death Stranding music. That's why. Well, the Death Stranding music only comes on like once every 30 minutes. Yeah, it's part of the atmosphere. I love that game. It's so good. I, I get why people like it, and I'll probably go back to it at some point. What I did play, really I really had fun with, but I wanted to not go back to, to my it. music. Don't give me that shit. Your ass is know. lying. You don't know. Oh, how's Ragnarok? It's great. It's a great time. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I thought. I love it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm in a very tight closet, and my legs are giving out. Yeah, I'll let you out soon. It's all right. Um, but is there any more news? Uh, you had sent me this one about how Ryan Gosling is disconnecting from uh, Wolfman and Christopher Abbott will be replacing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Abbott, I think, is really cool. Ryan Gosling is like a go-to, but I also don't know how scary he could be. Yeah, I'm not sure. Are they going to go for the scary route? Is it a horror movie? I feel like you have to have at least if you're going to be playing a werewolf, I feel like at some point you should be scary, even if it's not like the direction that the tone is going into. I think you should be able to pull off a convincing, scary face or like, well, you know, I was scary acting. I, I was thinking like uh, like Teen Wolf in my head. Ryan like Gosling he's going to go play back incredible Teen Wolf. He's too old, but yeah. Well, I, you don't know that. 30 year old wolf <laughs> midlife wolfness it's <laughs> called regular wolf <laughs> regular wolf that's gonna hit big big at the box office hell yeah uh okay we have news about an upcoming movie hmm. uh i i had talked to you about this rebel moon uh part one mm-hmm. uh the the cut version let me let me let me tell you how confusing Zack Snyder is. Not only is this a part one movie, um, it also is just the first version of it, because of course he has to have a director's cut. 
but he had the director's cut approved before the movie came out. So why not just release the full cut? Money. Hmm. Yeah. So the, the, the small cut, which has two hours less. Um, wow. That's yeah. a whole movie. Zack Snyder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah four hour long Justice League movie. That still wasn't great. Yeah. Um, the the Rotten Tomato scores from critics have come out for Rebel Moon Part One, and right now it's at a twenty four percent. It was oh, okay. at nine. I saw it, I saw it at nine. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. not doing good right now, but the sad thing is, is that Zack Snyder has a very strong fan base of people who absolutely don't care what other people's opinions are. So it'll make money. It's but... it's going to make a shit ton of money. Oh yeah. Um, but audiences are still going to go, man, that was dumb. I yep. feel like I, I love Zack Snyder as a person. He's a really cool guy. I love the idea of Zack Snyder. <laughs> I love the idea of Zack Snyder. In practice, not so much. Yeah, he he could be doing stuff better. I was rewatching Man of Steel today, and I noticed that he just made Krypton into like Navi or Pandora. Yeah, I don't know why you'd be watching man of steel in the first place but i wanted to watch with my mom so i could understand is this a bad movie or not what was your consensus my mom didn't like it what was your consensus though on like rewatching it uh the soundtrack showed up as better i still really don't understand the direction they went with um the direction they did with like the message but i think henry cavill is incredible at acting he was just a perfect pick yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. And then might have Oh yeah, Kung Fu Panda 4. Did you get to see the trailer? I did. It looks really generic. Yeah. Kung Fu Panda I think has been one of the best trilogies. I mean, I think that's what DreamWorks does best is its trilogies. Well, how did you feel? Did you like Kung Fu Panda 3? I liked Kung Fu Panda 3. Yeah. Did you like Kung Fu Panda 2? Kung Fu Panda 2 is the best one. The one with the bird and the fireworks and shit? Dude, I love the bird. What a great villain. Wow, okay. I totally dislike the second and third movies. I love the second one because um, I think the villain is super interesting. Uh, he literally is just like, hey, so I got a vision that like a panda is going to dethrone me, so I'm going to genocide all pandas. And then like the last panda's like, hey, that kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs> the fuck, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I think Kung Fu Panda One is like art to me. Kung Fu Panda Two and Three is like spitting on it. I kind I like those, but I feel like I'm not gonna like Kung Fu Panda Four, mostly because it's it, going it's not through, gonna it's not for us. That's I think that's true. It's not for me, but also it's going through that like nostalgia filter thing that's been plaguing a lot of movies. It has Aquafina in it, and I'm I will admit I don't like her. Um Well, I think it's just a I, I'm gonna I think Kung Fu Panda is gonna be pushed through a filter um in order to try and, you know, either modernize or make him funnier or do change something about the character. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think the Poe in Kung Fu Panda four is necessarily gonna feel the same as it did in, you know, one through three. That's true. Like Jack Black is going to bring the same energy a hundred percent. He's Jack Black, mm-hmm. but it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's all going to be there. You know, it's going to be a spy kids five 
to Spy Kids one. Yeah, I think has there been a good four movie in a franchise? The only thing I can think of is like Endgame. Yeah, but to be honest, I can't really think of a lot of four franchises. That's four Thor four, not good. No, uh, Spy Kids four, not good. Mm. Uh, Impossible. Uh, Mission Impossible 4 is actually what I hear is the best one. Alright, that works. I'm okay with that. I think if you're gonna have a franchise, you can't stop at 4. You have to hit like 7 or so. But Kung Fu Panda can't go to 7. Well, you don't know that yet. Dude, I pray to God just the way Kung Fu Panda 7. You know it's coming. <sighs> so what else do you got? Uh, Chlamydia. But that's all I have for movie news. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I mean, all right, that's a, a lot of good news. Um, a lot of stuff from A twenty four actually. I'm pretty. I've been looking at the A twenty four um subscription like thing. It's like five bucks a month or something. Yeah. Um, we're not not sponsored in any way, whatever. Um, <laughs> but it, it just looks cool. Um, yeah, like five bucks a month, and then you get I think a magazine like was it like four times a year or some shit. Yeah. Did you hear that A twenty four all of their films will be releasing on Max now? I did. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good move for Max. But at the same time, they're sending all of their DC movies to Tubi and Netflix. So <laughs> it, it, I don't know what they're doing streaming-wise. Streaming they're in a mess right now. Yeah, I I think hopefully within the next year, we'll, streaming will look different than it does now because it's kind of messy right now. There are so many platforms. Yeah, I, I it's going to consolidate. We have Hulu and Netflix coming together. Hulu we have... Disney. Yeah, sorry, Hulu and Disney. We have Max looking at, or people are saying Universal's looking at getting Warner Brothers. That would lead somewhere. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Showtime mixing with, uh, it was Peacock or some other one. Um, Apple TV is t- trying to get some people. Prime is already only really about originals and nothing else is really held on to there. Yeah, I, I don't think, think Prime will mix with anything. I think they'll stay on their own. Prime is fine because you get that just from having like a subscription to like, you know, their their packaging thing. It's yeah, one of okay. the only times where like a conglomeration has really helped me out. Yeah, I- I'm fine with Prime. I don't have a problem with that. With Netflix, though, I, d- I do have a problem. Yeah, especially it's when consistently they're consistently not a great library. I hate how many different factors we have to get in for price where it's like, oh, we have to think about household. Oh, we have to think about what like 4K rate you want. Oh, we have to think. Mm, I'm tired of it. And Just I do understand that. Movie. Yeah. Like, um, you know, the, the me- media times have changed. And so there are going to be ads on streaming services and stuff now, like more just like normal ads. Yeah. Um, but that was the point of streaming a lot of the time in the beginning and so then to block people out of that behind a paywall is a bit annoying and when even when you get beyond that paywall you're still only in 720p mm. unless you pay like 30 bucks a month then that that's kind of shitty that's not great i'm thinking we're gonna see a lot more stuff like tubi and freebie and i'm really rocking with those right now those have been lifesavers and I don't care that much about the ads. I don't care much about ads. I just don't don't make me pay that much and also still just have bad quality. Yeah. I'll either accept bad quality with ads and I don't have to pay anything, 
or I'm paying maybe like at really maximum, I really want to be paying just $10 a month for like, you know, the full quality. Yeah, I do 15 for 1080p. I'd be fine with that. Man, you're just like a whore, aren't you? I don't know. You're not going to get 4K. Well, I should, and I'm going to make a law about it, and it's going to have blackjack and hookers. You know what? Just forget the whole thing. This has been Wham. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, We'll see you guys next week for our third and final Christmas movie. Um, We don't know what it is yet. We'll let you know, though. Might be Muppets. Might be Holdovers. Probably be Muppets. If it's it's Holdovers, then uh, you'll be the first to know about it, David. Goodbye.